Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Well, thanks for joining us today. Today, we've got a really interesting show, and it's going to be really interesting to our women in the audience. I've got Amita Sharma, and she's the co-founder of NourishDoc.com. And Amita comes from 20 years of working in the corporate, high-tech, fast-paced world. She has a personal experience that took her on a journey, and that personal experience was going through perimenopause And she kept it a secret, which added more stress to the whole perimenopause state. This put her on a mission to equip women with holistic tools for self-care during the perimenopause phase and beyond. Amita, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, I'm super excited. And thank you for bringing someone like me who wants to bring this taboo topic out and, and open for discussion. Well, and it's even more taboo because it hits us in our mid-age. You know, younger women, times are different and they're more progressive and they're more, they talk about a lot of of things that I wouldn't have talked about when I was 20. So I think it's really important that we clear the air and that we provide some good sound advice for, for women that are experienced perimenopause. And what makes it so interesting to me is the tie to memory health and the risk of dementia. That's the brain. The brain controls everything we do and certainly feeds into every, every single part of our body. And I always say the body keeps score of everything that's going on in the brain. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you being a brain health coach, we know there's enough evidence that how women, when they're going through perimenopause, they experience brain fog, mood swings, and anxiety. Some even feel depression. And all these symptoms, if they're not taken care of during this very important phase, can lead to, in later life, dementia, right? And that's pretty scary because we live so much longer than we used to. And I want to be aware and enjoy every single minute that I'm here. And I know most people do. You want to remember those grandkids and you want to remember all the special things. And, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier and we talked about how culture plays into the whole experience. Share a little bit more with me about that. Absolutely. There's a lot of research that menopause is different for women of color. And for every, and it depends on, it's culturally sensitive. So I'll just give you an example. So an average age of a woman reaching menopause is 51, 52, which is a normal time, a normal age. Most of the Caucasian women will reach at that age. Now, if you compare that with African-American or Latino women, they reach menopause earlier, 47, 48, you know, about three, four years earlier. Now, if you go into the Asian women, specifically the women in India, they reach 45, 46. Women in Sudan, predominantly Muslim women, 43, 44. Now, it is scary if women are reaching menopause earlier than they're supposed to reach menopause because of the hormones are going to get depleted earlier 
and the risk of them getting chronic conditions goes higher. So it, it it's interesting to me because for a woman, we have different life stages that we go through. It starts with puberty when menstruation begins. Then you start having family and, and that changes your whole gynecological makeup. And then you go into the perimenopause. And that's the transition to menopause. And once you get past that, it's my understanding menopause can go, it can go on for a while. It's not a real quick event. So perimenopause, a transition before you hit menopause. So menopause, the definition of menopause is if a woman hasn't had period for 12 months consecutive, that you are in menopause, right? So technically you are postmenopausal after that. Now, the time you start reaching menopause could be 10 years prior to that, right? So we just talked about some of the women in the world reaching menopause in their mid-40s. Now, if you look, go back 10 years, they can start experiencing perimenopausal symptoms while they're in mid-30s. Can you imagine that in today's day and age when women are getting married later because of their careers? And a few years into their marriage, they're starting to have perimenopausal symptoms and what it can do impact their personal, social, mental, all kinds of psychological issues that they can start facing. Well, that can have a huge impact on your life. I can't imagine having young children and, mm-hmm. and because the responsibility, the emotional, the just a total responsibility of that. And then having my own physical well-being feeling threatened. And that's happening. If you look at the data, there is a clear correlation of women who are diabetic. Diabetes, we know, is increasing. Today happens to be the World Diabetes Day as well. Just so happens. Clear correlation of diabetes and early menopause. So women in uh, you know, a lot of Asian countries, even here in America or any, any Western countries, di- diabetes and early menopause uh, is co- clear correlation. So women who are diabetic need to watch out for that. Well, how do they watch out for that? Because, it, it, you know, with that being that young, I don't know that I would have that in my mind. Oh, this is something I need to be concerned about. Are there red flags? So, yeah, so that's so one of the problems is the lack of education, the lack of advocacy. We don't want to talk about menopause, perimenopause as a society. It doesn't matter where you we live in the world, you know, even in the United States, we, we, we don't talk about it as, as we should, right? So it's all in the media. Like, the, so, you know, the, I think, like, for instance, you know, you go to your gynecologist, you've had your first baby, the gynecologist doesn't tell you, oh, by the way, five years after this, you should come and get yourself checked for perimenopause, right? I haven't had anyone tell me perimenopause. I don't know about you. No. <laughs> See, that's the problem. So it has to start from everywhere, wherever the touch points the women can go. The touch point is your podcast. The touch point is, uh, you know, our our gynecologists or or people or health coaches or medical professionals that women interact with. So that's where, you know, if if we start telling women the same way we start telling young girls about puberty, we start educating them 
at age eight nowadays that they're going to hit puberty, what to watch out for, you know, the birth control and all that. And the same with women who are in their mid-30s or around that time frame, they should be educated about the next stage of their life, which is the perimenopause. And in fact, in it, it should how they can start changing their lifestyle to to not have early menopause, and that whole education and advocacy is lacking pretty much all over the world. That's where all these issues are coming in later after sixty five dementia, diabetes, heart health, cancer also, and osteoporosis because of the lack of education we have for women post-reproductive years. Well, how are you reaching women? Because it's, it is, I mean, to me, it's more than just going to your, for your annual checkup. It, it's got to start to tie in with your lifestyle. Absolutely. And so I cannot do the work alone. And that's why if people like yourself who are putting me on podcasts, uh, you know, we are going through different podcasts. We have our website. We have a huge social following. We're doing everything we can to reach, you know, some nonprofits, some corporates, who whoever can help influence women who are part of their circle, whether they're working or the nonprofits or podcaster or whatever, so that women start paying attention to themselves. And you know what? I th- I think a message that needs to get out there: it's okay to pay attention to yourself. I think as women, we're so we're so intent on taking take care of our children or on our taking care of our older parents, taking care of everybody else, but ourselves. I don't know what's wrong. We women have been ingrained in our brain the, that we are have to care for others and not for ourselves. And the point I'm trying to make is that our generation, you know, uh, is different because at that time, you know, we are taking care of our parents, but our kids' generation is completely different. They can barely take care of themselves. You know, if you look at the, uh, you know, younger generation, they don't, most of them don't even want to get married and let alone they take care of their parents, which is us. So we need to take care of ourselves so we don't end up in, you know, assisted care living and all kind of strange things happening to us. So what's the first step for someone that is, you know, uh, how are they going to, are they going to feel it in their body? Are they going to feel it in their mood first? Or does that just depend? No, no, no. So the, so women are going to start, you know, they're going to notice their body. Absolutely. Yes. The symptoms are going to start surfacing in your body as a woman. The first symptom, typically the first symptom is the irregular period. You know, our menstrual health will start showing different. You might start having short, short, you know, earlier periods, shorter duration in the sense like instead of after 28 days, you might get it after 21 days or a 15 day. And, you know, those things can start happening. And along with that, you might start feeling fatigued all the time. You're tired. You might have a problem sleeping at night, right? These are the early symptoms. And then because your hormones, the two female sex hormones that you have, they are playing this beautiful seesaw dance and that's impacting all these things. And suddenly you're going to get angry. You might get emotional. You know, you might start forgetting little things, going back to your brain fog and brain health. 
um, you might feel uh, a loss of libido or a reduced sign of libido. So all these signs are going to start surfacing and you're going to start feeling like, oh, my body is changing. You You might have a tendency to put on weight. You might be skinnier. So it's pretty scary, you know, the way I'm I'm talking about all these things. But the thing is, the moment you see any sign of any symptom, you need to put a red flag immediately in your body and say, hey, something is going on and take care of yourself. And you need to know it's okay to do that. So when a woman starts experiencing this, where do they, where do they, where do they get support? I don't think that, in my experience, we don't start talking about it with our family and looking for support. Um, That's the problem, is that um, whatever groups we are in, whether it's a family or whether it's a corporate or whatever, we all are part of some community, right? And, And we don't talk about this. So I, I and and me including, you know, I was uh, I was going through perimenopause and I had no clue what perimenopause is. Of course, I think most of us understand menopause. And suddenly I was started sweating and and sweating during the day in meetings and at night, and I had no clue what was happening with my body. I'll be honest with you, and I did not know where to go to seek any help. I was kind of feeling ashamed. Oh my God! Now if I go to work and if people start seeing me, they're going to start thinking of me that I'm losing my mind. You know, so a lot of women don't understand the symptoms. A lot of women don't understand the term perimenopause as well. That's the huge, huge problem. They don't even know what, what's going, going to happen to their body. Well, and I think that we all want to understand that. So where it starts is pay, paying attention with what's going on in your body. And then I think you have to give consideration to the emotional roller coaster that you can get on as well. Absolutely. Because it's not your fault, first of all. You you will get into emotional roller coaster. And the interesting thing is, you know, you being a brain health coach, all the things as in your childhood that have not been resolved somehow starts resurfacing again, right? During this phase. And and you start thinking, oh, I need I never said anything. I I kept taking it. I should voice my opinion. I should say some things. I mean, I know it happened to me. I'm, I'm just sharing my personal experience that, hey, I should try to tell that person that, you know, confront that person in a way that whatever that person did to me when I was growing up or whatever, that that was not okay. Or those kind of things also start surfacing when you are going through perimenopause because of your mood fluctuations that are happening and your emotional things that are happening. Well, for for people that are going through that, I mean, I, I know for me, my self care really relies a lot on exercise, on stretching, on yoga. Is that part of a, your program, your wellness program? So exercise is one part of it. Exercise is great that uh, women start doing that. Along with exercise, they have to change their entire diet. That's what I would say. And uh, that's important. And also they need self-care time, you know, uh, breathing exercises, meditation, simple mantra, simple uh, essential oils, aromatherapy, things like that. Learning to take care of themselves with learning about maybe acupressure or tapping points, the meridian points, some hypnotherapy, some me time, 
Um, all these things combined will help you. Diet is very, very important. We know food as medicine, and food, if you don't take the right food, can also go the other way, right? Well, let's so, talk about that, because one of the things that I have found at the Brain Performance Center, it's very difficult to get people to change their lifestyle choices around their diet. Yes, we don't want to change as humans. <laughs> we, no. we, still, we still, you know, the funny thing is, when I go and I see um, uh, In-N-Out Burger, there are like 50 cars waiting in line to to buy that. And um, and if you look at the, some other vegetarian or some plant-based, there's barely any line. So we as a society have a very hard time changing our habits, the food habits specifically. But if we don't change it, you are, you potential you probably would have chronic conditions. You might be taking medication and you don't want to be always taking medication. You want to think of prevention. And that's the problem. We are a pill-popping society all over the world. We think that the way Amazon sends us us the package in two hours or two days or one day, pill is going to solve the problem, right? We have so many pills coming out for weight loss right now. For everything is a pill. There's no simple one single pill that's going to fix it. You need to change your lifestyle. Otherwise, you are going to be taking pills later on. Well, when you talk about changes in your diet, do you know, you know, when I talk, I talk diet a lot because people ask me, what's the best, what's the best, you know, diet I can get on for my brain? And my response Mm -hmm. is, because there's, there's so many great diets, but stay away from processed food. If you can stay away from processed food, that in itself is a huge step forward. What would you say for perimenopausal women? Absolutely. Processed food should be completely thrown out of your uh, diet, completely. And and sugar, right? Sugar is another one that should be thrown out. Alcohol is a big trigger. You should not consume as much alcohol as you used to do when you were younger. Caffeine is another trigger. The things that you need to um, replace is plant-based diet. If you can include plant-based diet in your diet at least three to four times in a week, that would start doing wonders to your energy, to your everything, your, your mind also. So I don't know how many um, listeners are meat eaters. We are not saying that stop eating meat. All we are saying is take high-quality meat, grass-fed beef, for example, you know, chicken and fish, up the fish part if you can, chicken part, but include three or four days of plant-based diet and include plants that have phytoestrogens, for instance, like cabbage, like broccoli, like um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, these kind of things, if you start making these changes and healthy fats, right, like nuts and avocado, even ghee, ghee is nothing but clarified butter. So these kind of changes women have to start making slowly and increasing their protein intake um, because otherwise you keep feeling hungry throughout the day and having enough protein when you start your day will keep you fuller. So I'm not a medical uh, um, doctor here. I'm sharing all the details, all this based on the research that has been found that anyone can find. 
Well, and I think that's it's great. And not all we don't always have time to do that that research, and to be able to to share that is is very helpful. And I think you know you've you've brought up a lot of good things that that women can do. And I think just to touch on the emotional and the cognitive, you know, there's a lot that you can do just with doing some CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, just talking about processing what's going on with yourself, because it can be very overwhelming when you feel like you're all alone, you don't feel good, you don't have the energy you need to get through your day, which by the way, you know, you're going to have to do. And just having someone to sit down and, and process that with, because let your partner be your partner. You know, everybody needs to stay in their lane and you deserve your own personal care during this process. Uh, yes. And, and the thing is, you know, women themselves don't understand this. Now, you can't imagine their spouses, their partners to understand this whole phase that women are going through because it's also going to impact their libido. And that might impact the, the the relationships with their spouses as well. So, you know, all these understanding should not only stop at women. Men also should at least have a basic understanding of what can be going on with, you know, with their partners. That's the other thing. I don't think any man will understand what perimenopause is, let alone women now, right? Well, I think you're right. I really do. And I think that what they can, if we can start, if we can start educating but making people more aware than they have been in the past. I do think that we all recognize we have to come at medicine from a holistic standpoint. That if you're thinking you're going to get that magic pill and it's going to make everything just wonderful and fix everything, good luck. Because my experience has been that that's not the case. It's just you've got you've got the mind body therapy and that mind therapy, whether it's CBT or hypnotherapy, that has to come into play. And do you know very many women that that will go and arrange a massage for themselves? I know a lot of women that do that for their partners. <laughs> Absolutely. See, we never uh, would set up a time for ourselves that get ourselves pampered with a massage. And massage is so therapeutic. There's a research that massage can be very therapeutic. Um, yeah, simple things like massage, like you said, you know, talk therapy. We do talk therapy. We as women love to talk to other women. So we probably would share, you know, what we are going through with our friends or whichever community that we are part of, right? That I think we do pretty good. We don't necessarily have a CBD counselor, but we have women in our group community that we talk to. But you're right. The other things we do not do self-care that we should be doing. And I think that it's if we reflect at the way the values that we have when we're raising our children or the values that we have when we're doing elder care, and we say, you know, because we get convinced that's so important for my kids, that's so important for my mom. How about you? It's so important for you, too. Yeah, we are raised like that, right? I would, I'm going to think more about my kids, uh, you know, 
put them first before I put myself. I put, you know, we normally put our careers on hold and we put our kids and, you know, at the forefront when they're growing up. And then what happens is, and it, it, this is data, I'm, I'm citing all data. In UK, 60% of the divorces are happening to women of perimenopause, menopausal age because we don't pay attention to ourselves, our needs, and we probably don't pay attention to the relationships we have with our partners because we are so focused on raising our kids. In this generation, I'm talking about making a general statement here, irrespective of culture, irrespective of who we are, but I think our generation here is so focused on getting the kids that so many other problems. Um, I'm not saying don't raise your kids properly. That's not the intention here. The intention is to keep some time for yourself. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Well, and I think that's that's exactly. We both have the same message. It, it truly is. And I think we haven't used the term yet, but stress management is something that I talk a lot about. And it's it's not people say, well, what do you mean stress management? Well, to me, that's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's not something, okay, I'm going to go. And I do, I'm a big believer in using your breathing and your breath work to manage mm-hmm. that. But it's not something you can just whip out of your pocket and say, okay, now now I'm stress-free. Because it's, <laughs> it's got to start with your lifestyle. And sleep I see a lot when people experience a change in their sleep behavior, it throws everything off. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is, I think, um, as a society, we are a materialistic society. I mean, think about it, right? We have, um, you know, accumulated as a society so much wealth and so much opportunity has come our way. So I think all of us, I would say guilty, myself included, have always been trying to take care of more materialism, Um, you know, not sometimes money, but achieving something. Oh, let me achieve more. Let me achieve more that we forget to take care of ourselves and we keep adding more and more stress as part of it. The contentment in the society all over the world is lacking. And and that could be a part of we as human beings are not content with what we already have. We want more and more. And that also could lead to having more stress. Now, I'm not talking about we women want more and more. We probably want more and more for our kids or for our spouses or partners or whatever. That's what I'm saying. And that whole thing, the 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 feeling of this, the not being content leads to stress, anxiety and other things as well. It, it really does. And I think that it what we've been brought up to think is it's not okay to care for ourselves. You know, we've got to, you're the, you're the nurturer in the family. You're the one that gives, takes care of the emotions. And that is true. But if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of anybody else? So we've got you know, just got a few minutes left. And for those in our listening audience that want to learn more, where can can they find you online? How can they access this information? Yes. Yeah, so what we've done is at Nourish Doc, it's a holistic wellness platform for mid-age women going through perimenopause and beyond that is culturally sensitive. 
So what we are doing is we are coming out with an app, a very affordable app, like $10 per month, that women can go in and according to their symptoms can navigate and learn about all these things we talked about, whether it's breathing, whether it's a diet or exercise or hypnotherapy. So what we've done is we've gone globally with all these holistic uh, therapists and have these short lessons plus uh, interactive quizzes or some cues to help you self-care through through your symptoms. And so you can go to www.nourishdoc.com and download the app. Like I said, the app is coming in January 2024. Well, and until the app gets here, I encourage you to go to nourishdoc.com because there's some good information there. You know, it, it talks, there's some information on emotional wellness, on detox, on anti-aging, sleep, gut health, weight loss. And that's one of the things that I've seen change so often in perimenopause and menopause is that weight. And that's one thing that really hits our self-esteem and and then our your sexual health. So all of those topics are on the website. I encourage everyone to go out. And I think there's even a chat button on your website too, is there? Yes, there is. And we are going to be launching a sexual health program because this is a topic that most of the women don't feel comfortable talking openly. So we want to uh, provide the privacy and discreet part of it that, uh, yes, you can chat as well as the sexual health wellness program uh, will also be launching at the same time if women want to uh, engage themselves and learning about uh, this. Well, what I really appreciate, Amita, is the fact that you've talked about how it's different for women of color, and you're recognizing that everybody's got an individual journey, and that everybody could use a little assistance on that journey. I can't thank you enough for joining me today and being, you used your own personal story to open this up, and that was your personal motivation, and I think that that seems to really resonate with me. When somebody has been there, done that, and they want to help others, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm truly grateful for as many women as they can understand what this process is, what this phase is. They can start at least on a journey of self-care. of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. Brain Performance Center.com.